Introducing Royal Caribbean's newest ship, Icon of the Seas, the ultimate family vacation. The ultimate six slides, eight neighborhoods, zero compromise vacation. The ultimate never done that, can't wait to do it vacation. The ultimate chillin' by a different pool every day of the week vacation. This is the Icon of Vacations. Icon of the Seas, arriving in 2024. Book today. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Buckle up, jazz fans. It's time to go ballin' with Bowler. Brought to you by Chipman Roofing and Zero Fatalities. A goal we can all live with. The TV voice of the Utah Jazz joins the show to talk jazz, utes, and anything else going on in the sports world, both locally and nationally. Now here's the TV voice of the jazz, Craig Bowlerjack, on Utah's number one sports talk, ESPN 700. Indeed, it is time to do a little balling with Bowler here on the Bill Riley Show. Craig is actually in studio with us. What what brought you downtown and got you out of your 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 little alcove in Sandy, <laughs> stately Bowler Jack Manor down in Sandy? I needed to get out. Uh, it's summer, and finally the well, we still got some thunder boomers uh, hanging out over uh, Kennecott, but uh, it's just good to get out. You know, I'm going to drop by uh, Delta Center hey, after I I stop by, by with you. It's all come full circle. It's it's almost unreal, to be totally honest. I mean, I talked to Malone on occasion, uh, and Carl always said, look, I, I never I never called it anything but Delta Center. And so here we are. Uh, you know, too bad you can't draft Carl and John one more time. But uh, it's cool. I think it's great. I think the fans are excited. Got a TV deal uh, finally worked out. And so I'm excited to get this one rolling again. Uh, some young guns in the draft. Can't say much about what the Jazz are doing in free agency because of you know the the issues that uh, uh, surround that. But hey, I think so far uh, athleticism they filled a couple of spots, and uh, I think the the building blocks that we talked about throughout uh, the season with Marketing and Kessler and others, and even OKO if Olenek stays. Uh, so it's it's exciting to see uh, the direction Danny's you know going. It looks like, in my opinion, a little uh, hyperspeed, which is good. Fans so want that. What you guys need to know is I can't ask Boulder about the trade that was executed on Monday because he's a he works for the team, and the team can't comment on it till it becomes official. So right. if you're wondering why I don't ask him about the trade that's been reported widely on Monday, it's because he can't comment on that. However... Um, I'm not sure about these things. Jordan Clarkson <laughs> opting in. Are you allowed to comment on that? Uh, yeah, you know those because that's a team thing, and he did choose to opt in as in the, in the team fully guaranteed. Kelly Olynyk. Yes. So, so those things you can talk about that because they're on the Jazz. Yes, as far as I know, those things have been announced, and uh, that that is again, this team is forming right now, and you know you just don't know what players are going to do if they've got the. <laughs> ability to opt in they do if they opt out they go free agents and try to test the waters um you know the jazz the jazz are a player in free agency we know that 
they were a player on draft night and pick, you know I I didn't know if they would use all three Bill honestly yeah. but I think the way they went especially with Sinzabaugh from Ohio State and the knee I get it but there's a lot of potential if this guy can actually make his way back uh, it takes time and you know you roll the dice on occasion and I think that's what what this you know Danny Ainge pretty savvy um, and at 28. It really isn't that much of a gamble to say, let's roll it and see how it how it turns out. Well, we were sitting in here draft night. Spence was there. Gordy was where you are, and I was here. And we kind of figured, okay, 9, probably 16, but probably not going to keep 28. But as right. it kept going and kept going, you saw a lot of value there. And clearly the Jazz had some value. And as, as you mentioned, they liked who was there. And so they made that selection at 28. Still a young team. You're rolling the dice on a guy that can score the basketball. Oh, Sensabaugh scored four, it at a high, very high level at Ohio State. 41%. Yeah. I mean, that's that's crazy. And you can't – that's the thing. It's like bigs in the in the day, you had to roll a dice on a seven-footer, right? And now you're rolling dice, if you can, at 28 uh, for a, for a three-point shooter. And the Jazz, as you saw after the trades were made and Mike Conley departed and others – uh, you saw that the three-point ball just didn't have much play yeah. in the final 20-plus 20, 20 games of the season. So uh, if you can find a particular player with that specialty and consistently knock it home, all it does is open up floor space for a lot of guys. And there's some good talent out there. Bowlers in studio, you were mentioning the other things. Everything that is old becomes new again. Yeah. The Delta Center is back, and you're back on K-Jazz again. <laughs> it's crazy. Which, if you're a Jazz fan, I, I don't know what this will mean long-term for the team, but the exposure for fans who have struggled to see your oh, broadcast, yes, yes. either streamed or anything else, Ryan's creating a streaming component. So if you're a Jazz fan who lives in Timbuktu or overseas in another state, you can watch it. But for the locals... Um, the fact everybody's got KJS, which, you know, whether you go over the air, old school with the antenna and the rabbit ears, or you're on streaming like YouTube TV, like I have, KJS is on there. Right. They're on cable. They're on all the dish. So you guys, which is great for you, you oh. and Thurl and Alema and Mike and Holly, everybody's going to see you now. You know, last year when direct uh, TV was really kind of the, the only satellite provider, uh, you know, you, you kind of wondered, you know, what was going to happen uh, because the other provider cut basically all regional coverage around the country. And then you started to get to hear the words of that, you know, there's there's financial issues. And so the Jazz were ahead of the game. you got to tip your hat to uh, Chris Barney, uh, Jim Olson, and Caroline Klein. This it wasn't easy, by the way, to work it out with. Uh, dual ownership channel two has the four, channel 14 the Sinclair brand so uh, I, it is kind of full circle because when I first came to town it, you know everyone it was all about K jazz it fits perfectly and I think with the digital streaming which is still in the progress but will be available uh, that the product even gains more steam more uh, excitement because I really believe Ryan Smith, owner of the Jazz, wants to let the Jazz fans know more about his team. And you know what? Everyone's hungry for content. And this is a great opportunity for fans to get to know the players better, the in, the ins and outs of how this operation works. And I don't know how much or it hasn't been decided yet on when this thing debuts, but I think it's going to be a great piece uh, for and maybe really build the Jazz, maybe lead their way in the NBA on how 
the future of actual local broadcasts are done. And it doesn't surprise me. Ryan went out on a limb and it opens up Smith Entertainment Group as a broadcast entity and uh, takes guts to do it. And I'm excited to, yeah, that we're a part of it. Well, I'll say this. You mentioned the content is king. I, I think one of the reasons why the NFL is king and one of the big arms was years ago in the NFL embracing NFL films. Right. And then everybody within the NFL kind of created their own little mini version of NFL films. And why do we love the NFL? Because the access that we're granted. Now, it may not be in real time, but we all watch inside the NFL and we all watch those great pieces and you find them and the mic'd up and all that stuff. I, it's it's always made me wonder, Bowler, why Major League Baseball and the NBA didn't follow a similar a similar model, and now it sounds like the NBA is beginning to embrace that, at least on a local basis, a little bit more. You know what, Bill, I think it is. I think there were owners that are afraid to actually uh, allow the fan in too close. And so this, in my opinion, my opinion only, that this is a bold move to allow fans to actually almost reach out and touch the guys that they watch on a nightly basis and pay good money to, to watch live at Delta Center. And and so I think Ryan finally realized that he wanted fans to embrace this team. Uh, there's a lot of competition out there, and if you can bring it closer to home, and free sounds pretty good, you know? Yeah. Free, free, as Booner always told me, free's good, <laughs> and it's, it is good. <laughs> Uh, but the the digital package, the streaming package, will give you added coverage, yeah, added value. You're, right. You're, you're, if you're paying for it, you want more than just what you're getting over exactly. there, and that's where you're going to get that behind the scenes and added content. And Ryan always said to us as a broadcast group, you know, options are good, and he was he wanted every fan have to have that opportunity uh, to see U- the Utah Jazz, and as they grow into hopefully a championship team. Um, look, the West is changing. Age is going to become a factor as as the the seasons roll through. With LeBron, Chris Paul makes a move. Um, how about the legs of Clay and Steph? Uh, you know, is Dallas a little uh, teetering? Probably, unless Kyrie can come around. But the door, and it's like. For you at, at Utah, you get a quarterback or a running back or a wide receiver, and you have a window, right, of growth, but then of high-level competition. And you guys, Utah's been in the prime right for a while. Four or five years now. Yeah. And to keep that level takes a lot of work, great coaching, but also spying and recruiting the right guys that fit those slots. And that's what Danny Ainge was brought in to do as well, was to finally put the Jazz in a position to have money to spend, draft picks, a plenty, not just this year, but down the road. And um, he's he was able to do that with some bold moves with Donovan and, and Rudy Gobert. Um, he did it in Boston. He played as a champion, and he also is an executive uh, champion uh, in the NBA. Can he, can he duplicate it here? Uh, I think he's got a, a pretty good start going. And I think really, I'm not trying to say this, I work for the Jazz, but what I see, I like. And I think a lot of fans agree. I like the effort, Bill, what, what the Jazz did last year. Look, everyone wanted them to bomb and get the big fella. San Antonio is now home to Wimbanyana, and that's great. It's like Duncan and, and the Admiral all over again, and Pops is there. Time just kind of freezes, I think, freezes down in San Antonio. But... I, I still believe that the pieces 
are starting to kind of be put in place. And the athleticism you have to have and the defense that goes with it in the NBA, I like the pieces being put together. One more quick question before we take our first break. You mentioned two bold moves last summer. You think Danny's got a bold move in, in this summer? You know, that's I, I, I don't after what went down last year and everybody said this will be an exciting summer, I thought last year was you know, we're not done yet. Well, I was going to say, those bold moves last summer allow you, with what you brought back, to make maybe some more bold, more bold moves. Yeah, exactly. You know, you have picks, you have cap space, you have players, you have assets. And so whatever you think that um, whatever Danny and, and Justin Zanuck and Ryan Smith have up their sleeves, other pieces. You know, one thing Justin's always said to the media and to us as a broadcast team is, Look, he has relationships with every player, and it's difficult to say goodbye. But he's hired to do one thing, and that's that's to bring a title. And that's what Ryan Smith wants desperately. Larry Miller did. Their Jazz made two great runs in 97 and 98. Just couldn't push past a guy named Jordan. And will it happen? Will the Jazz have an opportunity to do it again? Uh, that's the fun part about sports, as you know. Utah, can they win? another Pac-12 championship? Is BYU going to be able to make the adjustment into a new conference? That's what brings us back every week to find out the answer. Uh, Bowlers in studio, brought to us by our friends at Chipman Roofing. You know those guys at Chipman Roofing. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they're good dudes. Braden Chipman, they do great work, too. I, I, I say this all the time, Bowler. My dad worked in roofing in Kansas City for 45 years. It's not a, uh, it's not a, uh, a business that's rife with a lot of good character people. <laughs> There's there's some I, questionable people. Can I tell you a story real quick? Yeah. I spent a summer on the roof. So did I. And I'll tell you what, shake roofs. Now, this was the shake, the wood, that was real popular. And I think because of fire danger in Kansas City, yeah. they've kind of gone back to asphalt. But this was the, the way it was when you and I were hanging up uh-huh. on the roof and hanging by a thread, by the way, on a little chair that had some hooks in it. And you had the we had um, the uh, the nail tray. And your own hammer that had to, you know, just be right. And you just, I started, you know, you got good too, man. Boop, 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 boop. I was the guy that loaded the roof. Oh, I boy. was carrying the bundles Big on fella. each shoulder, walking the walking the bridge of the roof. So you're like a goat. Yeah, I was the I was the Sherpa. I was the guy that was bringing <laughs> the bundles up to you, loading roofs in Kansas oh, City pal. in the summertime. You know what? The the guys I worked for actually had a truck that we would load, and then it had the uh, uh, mechanism, uh, uh, the conveyor belt that we would drop on top of the roof and then load those suckers quick as we could. And then we had a guy uh, that had like, I, I swear he was like a, a goat up there, a mountain goat. He would uh, put those toes in those rafters and just would dance his way across the top of that that thing. Surprised he didn't take a tumble. That summer taught me the value of my college education. Uh, yeah, me too. Um, let me just tell you, though, it's it's a rough business, and you want to trust somebody that you know is going to be around, that's going to back up what the work that they do. They're not going to be a fly-by-night and be gone after they put your roof on. That's what Chipman Roofing is. Decades of experience in every job they do. Braden's from here. He's His business is here, and he employs local folks, too. So... If you need a roof, need a roof repair. Braden's the guy. Braden's the guy. You know what? I told him to come down my street because I think there's about six homes <laughs> that could probably use a, 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 a some new a, a new a new look. Bowlers out prospecting for Braden <laughs> Braden Chipman or Chipman Roofing. But if you need somebody, he'll come out and give you a free quote. He'll come up on that roof and tell you what's going on. I just need a cut. Yeah, ChipmanRoofing.com. Give Bowler a taste too, in case he's recommending some. And Braden will come out and take care of you. It's Chipman Roofing. 
You're tuned into Utah's best midday sports show, The Bill Riley Show, presented by Les Schwab Tires, right here on your home of the Utes, ESPN 700. I'll get Ed Boulder in studio with us today. He's come downtown. He must have a little business, maybe over the Delta Center. Summer League next week. Third, fifth, and no, third, yeah, third, fifth, and sixth. They take the fourth off. So, uh, Sixers, Grizzlies, and OKC, OKC in town. And you and Thurl are doing the games on KJAZ, right? Right. And I believe, as it been announced, uh, but it's been in the past. Break NBA, some news? NBA, I don't, NBA TV, I think, jumps oh, yeah, in yeah, on yeah, a yeah. few. Because that's, that's really, uh, you know, the, the summer is always about NBA TV. And I think ESPN may pick up one game. Yeah. Uh, and they do, a, they do the same thing down in Vegas as well. I mean, it's an amazing happening. You know, uh, you get 76 or 78 games of young NBA hopefuls and draftees. Uh, you get, you know, you get three other teams besides the Jazz here for uh, nearly a week. And then they head down to Las Vegas and uh, the show goes. The oh show God, is it's on. It's a circus. It is a circus. I mean, it's not like the old days out at Salt Lake Community College where you'd have 10, 12 teams here. Now it's four, but that's okay. It's a couple of days and fans get to see it. And for you guys... And, and, you know, let's be fair. Some of these summer leagues are, whew, oh. you know, but this year you've got three first-round picks, yep. and I think Abaji's going to play in some games, yeah. too. So in, you've got you've got some decent players. In fact, I just got, uh, this came out yesterday, Ochai, I'm, I really am excited to see his progress just in the next, last three months since the end of the season, what he's been working on. Uh, you got Vernon Carey Jr., just a look at a couple here, uh, Keontae George, uh, Johnny Juzang, that's a, I'm glad to see him back, uh, taking time to to get some more reps, and then Luca. Uh, so, and also I see Micah Potter, and we'll see uh, if uh, I think right now Sinzaba uh, and Taylor Hendricks both were put on a injury report today by the Utah Jazz. So we'll see how that works out. <laughs> you know those injury reports just come and go, as you know. It's like wow, another one, uh, but they can change on a dime. So maybe or maybe not next week for those guys. For sure, down in Vegas, as long as they're yeah, healthy, those yeah. guys. Will as be long down. as they're healthy, yeah, they got to be careful. Look, it's an investment, and um, they have to pick their times, and they want to make sure uh, that everybody's healthy and they get the right combinations on the floor because they're already planning ahead on how they're going to build this roster and who's going to be that first run and who's going to come off the bench and who's that third, two or three guys who you know have to be satisfied with a, a role on this team. I'm curious to see Keontae George just simply because the Jazz have kind of hinted at the fact that he might play some point guard. Yeah. Obviously, there's no long-term right now point guard guy for this team. I know Collins there, but always feels to me like the Jazz view him the way they had Clarkson for the first few right, years, kind of right. that energy sixth man off the bench. So, you know, Chris Dunn's a nice point guard, but he's not a long-term guy. THT isn't really a point guard. He's a combo guy. And really, Keontae George hasn't played it, but they think he might be able to. So I, it, it sounds like they're going to give him every chance here and in Vegas to play a little point guard. You know, I, I think there is still an audition for that position, Bill. I think that if that's the one thing, if you want to say, hey, label a true point guard, probably not. Is there combo guards? You just named them. And that's how really, at the end of Quinn Snyder's tenure, it's kind of the way it was being run. It was like, who brings up who brings it up the court? And it was multiple players. Even Joe Ingles was at that time yeah. uh, was running point forward, and you know Will Hardy will get a better look too in his second season of you know how he develops and what he wants to do with his talent 
that that Danny's bringing in. Um, so still questions. And you you talked about is there still a deal or something big happening? It could just point to that position you just spoke of. It could be at the point guard position. Yeah, Gordy had mentioned too. If there's not necessarily a big deal with some of that free agent money they've got, which looks to be maybe the mid level right yeah. now, maybe you target a wing, a three and D guy, somebody yeah. that could come off the bench for you and shoot it a little bit and play a little bit of defense too. Well, as I learned, uh, and as you, you know, what what wins championships? Defense, defense, and the ability to shoot. Yeah, you got to hit the three. Uh, and you saw that in the playoffs, uh, those teams that actually pick it up and play, you know, on your hip, in your jock type of defense is is what's going to push you to the, each round. And I think, that, again, that's where the, the Jazz will look. And everyone's always looking for that 6'6 wing who can play what you just said. Yeah. Play the D, then sip out and knock down a three when needed. And those are hard to find. And... You know, what I've learned, too, in this league, Bill, is that can you accept your role? Can you say, I am a defender, and I love that role that I've I've taken on? Or do you look at the box score, as some of them do, and say, I only took, I only got six shots tonight. And that's the first thing they talk about in the postgame. You know, to win a championship, man, you you know, the 15 guys have to just really come as one. When, when, some, when a crack occurs or, you know, uh, Kyrie comes to Dallas and you wonder what's going to happen. And all of a sudden Lucas says, that's the toughest time of my career. And you thought you put together, well, you know, two really outstanding players, but can you coexist? I thought that was one of the great things that Michael Malone did with the Nuggets. Um, if you watch the playoff run, they, they would do a lot of that in locker room stuff after yeah. the game. And, you know, you think of some of the guys on that team, guys like KCP. Catavius Caldwell-Pope, he's been a gunner most of his career. He's been a guy that's come in either off the bench as a starter and just looked to get his shot and get his game. Well, if you remember some of those conversations, they were like, you know, crediting him for, you know, being selfless. He got a player of the game or whatever that necklace was that they yeah. wore in Denver yes. for being a team guy. And, and I think getting that buy-in with that team, guys accepting different roles – was one of the big reasons why he was able to play eight or nine guys, and those guys accepted those roles. I thought I think too Denver played with um, a, an incredible focus, and also you got to be honest the, the 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 disrespect of the big fella, I, I think plays into this too. Uh, watching him, Bill Jokic has become a phenomenal player. Is he the sexiest guy on the floor? Absolutely not. And that seems to be the precursor for a vote for MVP, even though he won, you know, two, three, I thought should be in his pocket. But um, it's it's really interesting how he's handled himself. I like the guy even more, the way he handled himself through the entire playoff run and to win a championship. Jamal Murray you have to feel good about because of what he went through to get back. Those are two homegrown Denver Nugget, by the way. And yeah. remember – the Joker was the second rounder. 41st pick over. Unreal. Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts.
and he, now he's an NBA champion. But the Jazz had similarities back in their their day, homegrown, picked mid mid teens by Carl and John. Yet, and Big T, uh, you know, eighty three was a good year. Eighty four was a great year. Eighty five was a great year. And you put all those pieces together, which helps you along the way. And then some of those assets are moved and trying to find even the next step or the next player. Well, but we, we thought we had it here with Darren, or not Darren, with uh, with uh, Donovan and, and Rudy. Yes. And it turned out the chemistry wasn't quite right. And to be fair, Rudy's game just – to win a championship, it was, it, it, it was hard to play with a guy that's so one-dimensional. Right. You could talk about Jokic, but Jokic is not one-dimensional. <laughs> he's, he's As good as he is on offense, he'll play enough defense. Remember when they challenged his defense? It may have been in the Lakers series or in the championship. He came back and became a factor. He wasn't blocking shots left and right, but he became enough of a nuisance in the lane that it gave him enough of a defensive presence. He fills space, yes, and that causes havoc. And once you do that, the plays blow up, and that's all he needs to do. You know, you make uh, Rudy love the guy. He loves Salt Lake. I believe he still has his house here, and it was a, a really a tough trade, I think, for some fans to accept and understand. The same thing with uh, uh, Donovan. Yeah, but, it, but it kind of became a split faction of whose side you were on. And I think Danny came in as a total outsider at this time. And I think he saw it differently than everybody else. Which is what you need sometimes. You need fresh eyes you on do. a situation. Some Those guys had been together for a while, and you know this. Sometimes that fresh set of eyes from the outside is going to see some things you miss on a day-in, day-out basis. Yeah, you're too close to the yeah. too close to the, to the subject matter, too close to the, the conflict, too close and can't make maybe the right decision at the right time because you don't want to – you get to a point where maybe you're afraid to step on a toe or two. And when that happens, the locker room gets lost. And, you know, Quinn, eight-year run, that's pretty good, by the way. Uh, that doesn't happen much. You, you know, two, two, three years in the NBA, you know in college, man, if you don't get it done in year two – uh, some some alum writes a check and says, see you later, thanks a lot, next. You're in the transfer portal. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, what do you think of the NIL? We'll, we'll get into that coming up here. I also am going to have a couple of questions for Bowler that you guys fire at me all the time. Broadcaster questions. Oh, boy, here so we we'll go. So we'll get to those Let's coming up. Another segment coming up with Craig on the other side here on the Bill Riley Show. Final hour up, coming up here on ESPN 700. Welcome back to the Valley Collision Studio and the Bill Riley Show on Utah's number one sports talk, ESPN 700. Bowlers in studio. Chip and Roofing sponsors it. He doesn't come in often because he's busy. But when he does come in, it's great. We were just talking about that. The face-to-face thing's always so I much love better, it. isn't it? I love it. I love being in the studio, looking behind the glass, looking down at the countdown clock. Good view outside. you got a great view here. Yeah, downtown, Broadway, down here in downtown Salt Lake. You can Lake see City. a storm coming or going either way. Yeah, see, the storms have been teasing us. Like last night, it looked like it was going to rain. It never rains. Never does. It just, no. it just, it just teases you. I'll tell you what, the runoff. A little worried Did earlier. You it down there? No, no. You know it's what? Good. But it's it's been roaring and it's still coming down. But I drove by Jordanell the other day. It's to the brim. I know. Lake Powell's come up like seventy five hundred feet. It's amazing. Yeah. You know we worry, but this was a uh, a snowpack to remember. You asked me if I like NIL. I love the theory of NIL. I love the ability for athletes to be able to capitalize on their name, their image, their likeness. I don't like the way it's necessarily always been executed because the NCAA basically threw up their arms and said, 
have at it. Yeah. There's no they put no guardrails in place. So some people do it the right way, some people abuse it. But I do like the idea of athletes. If they're a popular athlete, like a Cam Rising or you know, you name name an athlete, these gymnasts around the country, these women's basketball players like Angel Reed, capitalize on if if a, if a, a local company wants to partner up with you and give you some money to do commercials or do what I am all for that. I'm just I, I don't like it to be used as an inducement. Yes. You know what I mean? Yes. Where, where some yes. of these places that they're saying we're going to promise you X amount of dollars if you come play here, and and then in some ways you're seeing schools being robbed of players because with the transfer portal and the free transfers. Then it's basically one. Everybody's on a one-year deal, and yeah. it's free agency yeah. everywhere. And so it, I, I like the ability for players to be able to to, to to capitalize on there and make some money and do whatever they could do. I, I don't like the fact that there are any rules or guard, guard guardrails in place. You know, it's funny, Bill, as you and I both being from Kansas City, home of the NCAA. I mean, there was a time where that was one of the biggest news stories, sports stories yeah. every year. Is who did they catch? You know, SMU death penalty. Uh, there's been multiple schools. Uh, because of recruiting violations. Yep. Where'd that car come from? Who got the new house? How much cash slipped under the table? That's all gone. The NCAA really has lost control, mostly to those those type of issues. Well, they just don't have enough people to, 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 to yeah. police it. Yeah, exactly. But you're right about going into the portal. Once you're there, it's like you're a free agent, so you listen with uh, mom, dad, whoever, or you know somebody on the side who's going to say, "Hey, you know, here's a hundred thousand versus eighty-five, and you got to." And there was a day that when you were recruited, is one of the greatest compliments to say someone wants you enough to pay your college tuition for four years. By the way, uh, and then you go on to the pros. Now it's one and done in college. Not the case in football, yeah. but in basketball it is. But it's now. If you're not happy or you've got an anger issue with your coach or you feel slighted, portal. People don't stick it out anymore. No, they don't work through it. Right. And I think that's the one thing from where I come from bothers me because, you know what? You talk to the coach, you bust your tail, you go back to the weight room, you do as you're coached. But if something upsets you or mom or dad or aunt or uncle say, you deserve better, son. So let's get you out of here. And I can just hear those conversations yearly when the portal opens. And here's the problem, Bowler. What these kids then find out is the grass isn't always greener on the other side. There's a number out there, like 54% of the kids that go into the portal don't end up with a scholarship on the other no, side. of course not. Not That doesn't, I mean, so you see these kids that go in there, I'm going to... I always say, if you're going to go, man, you better have a guarantee that somebody's offering you something on the other side. Exactly because just right. because you go in doesn't guarantee you of no. anything, or better yet, doesn't it doesn't guarantee you of a better situation than the one you were just in. Yeah, if you're looking for NIL money, there's no guarantee there either, unless, again, you're hearing it through the secondary channel. You know, someone's talking in your right. ear. So you make that decision on where you go. But I never thought we'd get to this point, honestly. But no, nothing surprises surprises me anymore. You know, uh, the NCAA had such a stronghold on college sports, and now the grip is so loose. And you're right, they don't have enough people to police everything that goes on day to day with so many exchanges of of students deciding to make student-athletes, pardon me, making that decision to make a move. See, as I've said, I I think I I don't mind the transfer portal either, but... They've given an unlimited uh, unlimited transfers at this point. I think, hey, you know, you should be able to transfer. Not every situation is right for the right person, so you should have that ability to do it. 
but you shouldn't be able to use it like a turnstile. And the same thing with NIL. I think these kids should be able to absolutely capitalize on their name, image, likeness with some guardrails that are there as well. But again, it's right now at least it's the wild, wild west. It is. That's a good way to put it, man. It really yeah. is. It's kind of like uh, have at it. Yeah. You know, with really no rules or regs. And I wonder if those will come. I, I wonder if, I, I hope I wonder so. if the chancellors. I wonder if the head coaches will finally speak up to say, "Hey, hey, hey, this." My job's on the line, by the way. And you know, it, the, the problem, look at Colorado. The, the problem, though, there are no bowlers. You've got to get a consensus there. I think every coach would love to be able to do it, but they know that the game that they have to play to be successful. I think they'd love rules and regulations, but who's going to be the first guy to step up and say, "We've got"? You're going to have to have almost a consensus to be able to do it, because otherwise, guys yes. are going to say, "Hey, the heck with that." Yeah, it'd have to I'm be a consensus with this yeah. by the coaches. And uh, you saw, you know, Dion's the biggest name at Colorado. And some of the guys said, I'm "Not gonna, you know, I don't want to play for this." Yeah. And so he said, "Fine, see, see you later." That portal opened up. I mean, that was why that they was lost seventy-one kids. That's unreal. From the beginning of last year till this spring, seventy-one kids. You know, and Bill, I, I wonder. Again, I, I read to the AD, the president, all stood behind Dion. Well, his name alone is enough to recruit the best of the best. But in reality, sooner or later, you know, his day will come when they check the record and see if all this all these kids that left and how did he feel it and do they win and that's what it all co- yes you know i mean yeah. Witt knows this i mean he's he's one of the most winningest coaches and tenured coaches in college football yeah. second longest just behind kirk ferentz of uh, iowa it's amazing that just doesn't happen in this day so how long does does uh dion you know play the game of being dion in boulder and then it comes back to kick him in the tail I think Dion is, and I've said this before, I think Dion's going to do as much as he can to be successful in the short term and then jump for a bigger job. I would agree. Someplace, Florida, Florida State, someplace where he's from back in the southeast. Boulder is uh, Boulder. Uh, it's not really a football, meg, you know, uh, not the Mecca, yeah. but you're right. I think it's a, it's, a, it's a stepping stone for where he wants to go. But you know what? At Boulder, they don't care because he sold out the season tickets. He sold out the spring game. There's no downside for Colorado because even if he say if, if he leaves in three years, that means he's been successful. And you filled your coffers, something you haven't been able to do in the last 20 years in Boulder. Now you just will have to find a new coach. Could be an Urban Meyer repeat. Yeah. Jump, go, jump, go, then stay, and then find himself back in a broadcast booth. Urban was always an opportunist now. Oh, yeah. He didn't, he didn't ever – by the way, everybody said, oh, he's going to Notre Dame. He's going to leave Utah to go to – no, 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 no. He may have loved Notre Dame, but Urban loved winning more than he loved Notre Dame, and he saw Florida as a better opportunity. Florida things kind of went a little south, started to go a little south. Maybe there were a few health issues. Mm-hmm. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Right. Out of the game for six months. Oh, look, Ohio State's open, and they're loaded with talent. And I feel better. Yeah. All of a sudden, I <laughs> got a clean a sudden, bill of health. Yeah. Yeah, it's in, it's intriguing. Um, opportunistic, and I think Dion fits that, that, uh, that definition to a T. All right, let me fire a couple of things at you. I get this all the time from listeners, so I'll fire it at you. People are always asking me, what was your favorite game to call? What was your oh, biggest game? Boy, what, boy, which boy. game did you have? A, what, what was, if you were making it? So I, you've done a lot. You, you know, you're, you're jazz first and foremost now, but you've done college basketball. You've done college football. You've done NFL stuff. So let, let's start with the jazz because that's oh. your friend. You've done it for 19 years now. Gosh. G- give me a game. Again, I'm putting you on the spot here, but give me a game. It just stands out in your memory. 
one of those big games that you just you were in the zone. The uh, game was there. It, it was a perfect confluence of everything coming together. Boy, the miracle in Miami with Paul Millsap. Okay. Okay. I think the Jazz were down double digits, came back and with like a minute to, they were it, down double digits yeah. with like a minute to play. A minute seven. If I you know, someone can look it up and test me on that one, but it was like, whoa. But you you know, you talk about the zone. It's true. It's a real thing. Because you see the floor, you see the field, and something happens, the adrenaline, your eyes, the vision, you just see it, you see it almost coming, and you're on top of it. That is a great feel. Other nights, as you know, uh, at least for me, you feel like, man, this is a tough call. Yeah. And, you know, the the, the plays are slow. Uh, the officials come in and impact the flow that you're looking for. Because, honestly, to, your, to the listeners, you know, in our business, it's about the flow. And if you are if, – if officials whistle 64 fouls and four quarters of basketball, all you know is your whole night's been at the free throw line. Yeah, you do 82 games a year. Not everything's a home run. No, no. If you hit singles and doubles, sometimes you foul out the left field, right. too. That's just sometimes you, – you you could do your best with a broadcast, but sometimes you're you're trying to make chicken salad out of you-know-what. You want every game to be a buzzer beater. Yeah. I mean, but it, but just, it, it just doesn't happen that no. way. I mean, if you get a comeback, the Jazz were down multiple times this past year, and what I loved is I never, never gave up the thought that they were going to make a run back. And reality, they did. They made some incredible runs. They forced overtimes. Uh, again, I think we had four, maybe one, three of those. Um, and it was exciting to see a team that really the expectations were so low that I was pride. I had pride the fact that those guys busted their tail every night to go out and play. I think that's why this team was embraced by the the fan base here because they did go out and play knowing they really had no hope of going to postseason play, even though they flirted with it yep. to the final week of the season. And I think, again, fans appreciate that in the world we live in today with the ticket prices as they are, as hard as it was for the fans to find the Jazz uh, on, on television. Uh, it was exciting to be, a, to be a part of that. I'll be honest, Bill, and I, th- I bet you feel the same way. I always sit down hoping this next broadcast is the game. Yeah. That's the addiction of of the business. It absolutely is. They don't. They aren't always that. You get one or two of them a year sometimes. Right. At least right. With football, with basketball, you hope you have a handful of. I them. had two in college hoops during the NCAA yeah, tournament at CBS. Yeah. Uh, one was Larry Eustacey and the number two seed Iowa State Cyclones being beaten was by. That Mike, was that Marcus Pfizer? Uh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. And that was Hampton. Okay. Uh, that was a 215, wasn't it? That was it? a 215, uh, which just doesn't happen. It's happened since then. And the other one involves your Jayhawks. Oh, no. The Bucknell Bison. Oh, the Bison. The Bison beat the three seed. Yeah, that was a 314 game. Yep, yep. And so I was a part of both of those about four years separated in the NCAA tournament. Bowler was quietly pumping his fist under the table. His purple roots. Oh man! Well, K State right had K State wasn't even, even no K State wasn't even being thought of at that time. Uh, they were trying to build a football program after the Rolando Blackman days. Uh, when Ed Neely, Rolando Eddie, Blackman, Eddie, and uh, Mike Evans and Tim Jankovic and that whole run. Yeah, Eddie, Eddie Elder. Uh, yes, was uh-huh. it was it Eddie Elder? Yeah, Eddie. Um, no, was it Eddie? Uh, got me. Back in your day, though. yeah, it was. Yeah, Hartman, Hartman, and Teddy Owens, Ted Owens, and uh, you had uh, Big Ed Neely from uh, Bonner Springs uh, High School. Didn't even own a car, 
even when he got to the NBA. Played for the Bulls for a while yeah. in the NBA. He was a bull. I mean, he was just a big guy that filled up the spot and could turn around and hit a jumper, good rebounder. Again, it was the way of college basketball back then where it was precision. It was You had to run, pick, roll, run. You had a little speed. Jack Hartman was a, a, a guy that was not as fancy as Ted Owens at KU. But uh, yeah, Tex Winter on his staff, yeah, though, he did. didn't he? Yeah, for he a did. little before Tex went to the NBA. Yeah, right, right. Tex Winter, absolutely. Uh, one of the geniuses of the game. They weren't running the triangle, no. though, at, uh, at K-State. No. <laughs> so give me a call. You, you called a lot of SEC games and things over the years. Was there a college football game that stands out that was one of your favorites? I, I think the one that you j- just hit me was um, P. Ryan. Um, from Oklahoma. Samaji? Samaji. Yeah. He ran, uh, and I was working, I'm trying to think if I was with Burline that day, uh, but we looked at each other, and Oklahoma was running, uh, just gassing uh, Samaji P. Ryan all day, and he was, probably every touch was 17, 18 yards. He ran for the NCAA rushing okay. record that day. So you and I have two things in common in that com- that comment you just made. I worked with Steve Berline in Jacksonville. I did a radio show. Great he guy. Was, he was a he was a, the quarterback the Jaguars got in the expansion draft. Right, and he was with Dallas. Yeah, and, and then they then they trade for Mark Brunell. So they bring him in. He thinks he's going to be the starter. He started for two games, and then Brunell replaced him. But Berline was great. Great guy. And when I was in college at Kansas, I called football games for KJHK, the student radio station, and a guy named Tony Sands. Remember Tony Sands? Yeah, sure. He ran for the NCAA record. It was like 389 yards against Mizzou on a cold, frosty day in Lawrence, and I was calling the game at the top of the press box at Memorial Stadium. So you and I have both worked with Steve Berline, yeah. and you and I have both called the game where somebody broke the NCAA yeah, rushing record. Yeah, yeah. So I've had that happen. Crazy. I had the no- And I still think it holds true today. The National Football League, one game I called was the second highest scoring game in NFL history uh, between the Browns and the Bengals. Okay. And it was just the craziest. Again, everything that went in the air was caught. <laughs> Every punt that was that was in the air went for a touchdown. And I just, I, I think I had Dan Fouts with By me way, that those day. Those are the best games. Yeah. They're the games that you don't, you know, let's be fair, a lot of those late, late 90s, early 2000s Browns-Bengals games but when you get a game where it's 52-49, that's a dream. It's a dream. Everything you prepare for, you just throw on the floor and just go, how am I having a good time? Yeah. And the fans watching the game, they're they're expecting what else can happen. Well, it just it just did. Pick a pick six. And then, you know, another uh, on or an onside kick that day for no reason. Coaches were just trying anything. I mean, look, at that time, the Bengals and the Browns weren't like a home. You know, they, they, they weren't on TV much. I think I had maybe uh, 12% of the audience that day. But, man, did CBS make a switch over to us in a hurry, you know? Founcy and I were looking at each other like, man, we're never going to experience this again. Dan Fouts, one of the great guys, too. I've heard that. Uh, Todd Harris, you know Todd. Yeah, sure. Todd worked with him. He worked uh, was the sideline reporter when Fouts – and Keith Jackson did some college games on ABC together back in the day. And Harris loved Fouts. He always, and you, you like him. Uh, I love him. Great guy. Did the Gator Bowl with him. We did a three man booth with Burline. And another quick story Dan Deerdorf and I did a, uh, a game in Oakland. And they hated Deerdorf <laughs> in Oakland. And uh, this is a true story. Dan, of course, has had multiple injuries, is very immobile, immobile. 
and uh, he had a golf cart that he uh, always drove around and went up to the booth, and I'd meet him up there later. And <laughs> this particular day, um, uh, the the Raiders had gotten their back ends kicked. I think it was by uh, the Chargers. And uh, so it's an old AFC West battle, and they decide to protect Dan, and they pull an ambulance in the back of the of the old stadium and put Dan in the back with me and our producer. And because they didn't want to walk him out because of his slow gait and put him in harm's way. The parking lot at Old Alameda County Coliseum for Raiders games was oh, scary. It was, I'm telling it was you. Scary. It was scary. I looked out and I'm thinking, wow, we're walking through this? And so they put Dan and I and two other guys in there and they fooled the entire Raider Nation fan base because they're looking for Deerdorf to you know to holler at. They drive us up through the crowd up on the highway with two cars waiting, and we are able to get it down to the airport to catch our flight. Those are beautiful memories uh, to 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 look back on, uh, to think about how television was then, and the network would do anything just to to you know. Nance told me a couple of times they flew him out to do uh, one game to another with a you know a helicopter in the. They chopper him in and out out of the parking lot, you know, to get him back in the studio if he was out at, uh, you know, doing a Jets or Giants game or something. It was it was crazy. Uh, boy, things have changed since then, though. Did you ever get the chopper treatment? Never got the chopper yeah. treatment. That's that's Jim Nance. That was Jim Nance. Nance only. That was Nance, man. Maybe Al Michaels. <laughs> oh, Al for sure. Al's always got the G five ready to take him home from whatever game he's wherever doing. he's got. You know, limos. I heard the the Monday Night Football crew back in the day. Uh, I don't know if they got along that well or not, but their contracts all stipulated that all, all each of them had to have their own limo. Okay. What a waste. But, you know, so here's Howard, here's Dandy, Don, and Frank, and they all line up the limos and they take them away. That's, that was that was network television back in the 70s and 80s. That was Howard Cosell right there. Howard Cosell. Uh, that is Craig Bowler Jack, and we love Bowler. We appreciate him coming in. We love Chipman Roofing, too. Have fun next week with Big T. Doing the games on KJS for the Summer League. Yeah, yeah. We'll be at it on Monday. Doubleheader each day, 5 and 7. We have an off day on Tuesday for the 4th of July. Then finish up before the rest of the league. Most of the league heads down to, to Vegas to have a good time. And a lot of young talent. Uh, I'm anxious to see uh, who kind of stands out, especially for the Jazz. And if some of these draft picks, you know, are going to, you know, wait their turn and then make their de- their debuts in Vegas, it's hard to say. There's a plan out there, and I'm anxious to see what it is. Take it easy on Bowler too. He's 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 on a he's on one wheel. He's working that knee back into shape. <laughs> oh man, there was a, I think uh, they found an old Volkswagen bumper in there, man. <laughs> to be honest with you, but uh, they got all the old hardware out, and I got some new in there. All right, good seeing you. Thanks, Bill. That's Craig Bowler, Jack. It's only a kick, a jump, a block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle, a run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas.